1: slammed you, he
2: didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you, and rubbing
1: son is racing. Hey race fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo
3: Radio Network and welcome to Drafting the Circuits. My name is Frank Santorowski, I'll be your host for the next hour as we run through everything racing. Before we get started, let me introduce you to the panel I've assembled uh, for you tonight. (coughs) Excuse me. First off, Mr. Gray Warren from Richard Childress Racing. How are you, Gray? Doing, Doing
0: great, bud.
3: All right, Seth Eggert, Motorsports Tribune. Seth in the house, how are you, buddy?
4: Doing good.
3: All right. Richard Uden, race engineer, extraordinaire. Looking for work still. Richard, how are you?
2: (laughs) I'm very good, thank you. I can on LinkedIn and all good uh professional social media networks.
3: All right, and our good friend Joey Barnes is off on assignment down at Homestead covering uh the indy lights testing. So I have my good friend Frank Linker from the Indy Sports Car Podcast uh joining us this week. Frank, how you doing today, buddy?
5: I am awesome, and uh, thank you so much for uh, inviting me on tonight there, Frank.
3: Oh, always always a, ha- always, a pleasure to have you on, you know, so. But uh, anyway, so let's talk about this, uh, this week in racing. We had the Cup Cars down in Atlanta, along with uh, the Xfinity and Trucks there. Um, second week underway um, for, for NASCAR. We have Formula One out in Barcelona testing in the snow. Um, I guess Bridgestone's got a new snow tire maybe i don't Probably. know <laughs> the um and the uh, Mazda Road to Indy gang uh the you know US uh, 2000 the um Indy Lights and then the uh uh the Pro Mazda are all down there at Homestead running on the road course doing some testing down there the Indy cars uh are heading off to Sebring for one final test before their season opener which will be March 11th so but let's start off with Atlanta now gray When we all made our picks last week, right, I think each and every one of us picked a Toyota driver, uh, feeling that that Toyota was still going to have a fairly dominant package on these 1.5-mile ovals. Uh, The race we saw that was dominated by the Ford cars, um, specifically dominated by Kevin Harvick, who uh, finally won at Atlanta uh, again after first winning there in 2001. Uh, he's dominated that track and not been back to victory lane ever since. But uh, good win for Harvick, um, Keselowski, and Clint Boyer, um, completing uh, a sweep of the top three positions for Ford cars. So, uh, Greg, take us through with that a little bit.
0: Yeah, it was a big it was a big weekend for Ford. I think Ford had nine of the, of the uh, top twenty cars. So yeah, the Blue Oval Brigade uh, did well. But uh, you know, it it's, it was a Harvick parade, no doubt about it. Harvick's had the best car down there for the last four or five years, and had nothing to show for it. Uh, won the pole last year, led the most laps, and it seems like you know he, he it, the race would get stolen away from for one thing or another. But uh, he he dominated this race from from just about start to finish. Uh, Nobody could uh, could contend with him. He's he's got a he's got a secret there at uh, at Atlanta that nobody else has. He can uh, he he can get on the bottom of the racetrack and essentially drive away from the field, and that's and that's what he did. Uh, but uh, you know, it was uh, we we did pick Toyota because basically we looked back last year and looked at the dominance that uh, that uh, the seventy eight car had. Uh, throughout most of the year on the mile and a half. Now, early on in the year, of course, you know, we had Keselowski and you had Harvick picking up their wins, but uh, was a strong showing for Ford uh, again. And, and a lot of people were, were, you know, a little bit surprised. I think the jury's still out. Uh, you know, it, it'll, the picture will become a little bit more clear over the next uh, three weeks when we go out to the West and we've got a race at Vegas and a race at Phoenix and a race at California. And we'll just see if the Ford truly has made some gains on the Toyotas. Um, you know, we were talking, kicking it around today and, and thinking about some things, why Ford uh, uh, showed so much dominance. We expected it at Daytona, but we were talking about why they showed a little bit more dominance at uh, at, uh Atlanta, you know, going off all the preseason talk about, you know, Ford not having a new body and, 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 and their uh, arrow woes from last year and that kind of thing. But I tell you, and this is just, we'll op- I'll open this up to the panel to discuss, but we were talking today and, and maybe this new uh, uh, Hawkeye or new optical measuring system, that has been brought in has kind of maybe leveled the playing field a little bit for for the cars because it's closing the gap and closing up some of the loopholes that the Chevrolet teams and the Toyota teams were, were using to, uh, to get by and, and gain a somewhat of an aero advantage. So I heard one guy today state that he thought maybe that this be the, being the case, that the new optical measuring system has probably, you know, leveled the playing field a little bit.
3: So, what do you think, Rich? So, 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 think you're, saying, so you're saying, so you're it's keeping everybody a little more honest, huh? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean that's, that's, But that's the team's jobs. Team, the team's job is to is to, is to you know stretch the rules and work in work in all the areas you know for, for arrow and to to gain yeah. downforce and whatnot. And I think that with the new system,
2: it's kind of it's kind of cleaned things up
0: a little bit. What do you think, Richard?
2: Um. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a new learning system. I, I think it's, it could well be more of a case of the teams haven't worked out the loopholes yet and how to sort of trick the system as much as it's leveling them all out. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, they're going to find ways around this. Oh, sure, they are. the system is. Yeah, uh, and early
0: on, that may be may be the case, but
2: yeah, but, yeah I mean, I, but you look at you look at some of the teams. Obviously, you know, we know there's been you know suspensions by crew chiefs and and teams sent to the back of the. The, uh, the grid already for an approved changes. Uh, so, you know, they're still trying to play the game a little bit there, and, uh, and you, you know, you may start to see a bit more of a, a hierarchical pecking order uh, come through. I mean, you've got to remember, last year, you look at uh, last year, how long it took, uh, you know, everybody says how dominant, uh, you know, the furniture row was with Toyota, but it wasn't until halfway through the season yeah. that, that a Joe Gibbs car won a race. So, right. And, and then they ran Toyota to the, champ you know, all the way to the wire, so... I think it's a learning process for all of the teams, learning how to fit within that window, but then also how to, you know, find the little cracks in the window as well, mm-hmm. and, and, and see where they can uh, push that envelope. Yeah, and uh, and on the other
0: the other side of the coin too, you know, teams like Stuart Haas and Pinsky, they have always run good on the mecha- you know good on the mechanical grip tracks, and, and that's a and mechanical grip is very, as we know is very important in Atlanta. The old track surface is worn out. And people work in those areas, so I wasn't surprised that the Penske cars and, and and the Stuart Haas cars did well there too. And of course, that made up a lot of the of the Ford brigade that, that had some had the good finishes. We'll see we'll see how things turn about at, at, at Vegas and uh, and and see if the trend continues. And if, if it does, then we, if we then then the Ford cars may be on to something. But uh, uh, it was a good day for 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 like I said, Harvick and 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 his stewart Haas teammates i think all uh all four cars ran in the top 10 most of the day so it was uh it was it was a good showing by by that team and i know they're pumped up ready to go on this western swing
4: and it wasn't just a good day for harvick it was a good weekend uh, when we talk about expending in a little bit i'll get a little bit more on that but i read a stat that in total he led Sixty-six percent of the laps uh, that he ran this weekend. Yeah, no, and he did. He dominated
0: the uh, he dominated the uh, Xfinity race too. I think he led uh, uh, just about ninety percent of it. So and, and had the dominant car there. You know he he's he's found he's found a niche at, at Atlanta that uh, he he just knows how to get around that track, knows how to to save his tires and And just can can demolish a field and he's he's been the dominant car uh at Atlanta for the last four or five years, not unlike how he's dominated uh phoenix uh to a degree over the past uh you know seven or eight years as well
3: yeah i think I think that track just absolutely suits his style and even if if you look at some of the uh, you know he had a couple of couple of speed bumps along the way on, on Sunday, he, you know, he had a, Logano was trying an alt, and Hamlin were trying an alternate strategy and he found himself several seconds behind and just reeled them, reeled them right on in. Uh, you know, yeah. it's amazing just how quickly he gets around that track. And uh, I saw a few comments from other drivers, both uh, after the Xfinity race and the uh, and the Cup race. That, and it's just like Harvick just has it. And they they can't exactly figure it out what it is, even following around. You know, it's so. Uh, but, but great job to them. Great job to that team, especially with uh, Clint Boyer taking the third. Now Clint's a guy who's uh, we, we've not heard a lot out of uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, so it's a great result for him as well.
0: Yeah, he Clint's another one that's needing to get needing to get a win and, and needing to have a, have a good bounce back year. Uh, he, he took over uh, the fourteen car last year and and got with mixed results. He was up and down during the course of year. Didn't get didn't get a victory, but uh, you know I, I look for that team to come together. Uh, I think uh, Eric Amarola joining that, uh, that joining that group in the ten car is really going to. Strengthen that team from top to bottom and uh amarola has had uh, you know he uh was running was leading the daytona 500 led the daytona 499 and a half and and didn't couldn't come away with the uh with the win and ran a good ran well again this weekend so uh that that 10 car has really uh shown show is showing some promise for this year too in in the stewart haas camp
3: go ahead seth
4: uh something else uh Another stat that I saw this weekend, uh, at one point, stewart Haas Racing had all four of its cars in the top seven. The last time stewart Haas had all of its cars inside the top ten, and it was not a restrictor plate track, it was only a two-car team with Tony Stewart and Ryan Newman.
0: Wow, that goes back a few years.
3: So, so you're
4: saying
0: they haven't had
3: four cars in the top ten since Danica joined the team. Seth, you're just another Danica hater, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that, that, that goes back at least, at least uh, five or six years. Yeah, right, oh, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It has so. to. to. Yes, yeah, that's, that's quite, uh, quite remarkable. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Atlanta, uh, I tell you, we were very fortunate to get that race in. Uh, it was delayed by rain. And it, I think it t- got got the got the green flag. What some two hours late, but uh, and surprisingly enough, with threatening skies, uh, they were able to run the full distance. So uh, that was uh, that was very good.
4: Uh, and and exactly when they threw the checkered flag, it started raining.
0: Yep, yeah, sure did. It spit a little bit, it, it just just a little bit mid race, but it never did uh, never did cause for, for caution or anything. It was a little light mist, and it, it quickly quickly went away, and in, in, you're right, Seth, just as soon as the checkered flag dropped and, and they were doing the post-race interviews, it started to rain again. So, yeah, that, that was really good. Uh, I think that kind of hurt the crowd a little bit, the walk-up crowd at Atlanta. Uh, they had, you know, uh, uh, nice temperatures uh, all weekend long at Atlanta. In, in fact, the southeast had, had pretty good weather. I, I hated the uh the rains came in and threatened because I'm sure that did uh, hurt a lot of their walk-up crowd uh, for race day.
3: Yeah, it looked like it looked like there uh, a lot a lot of NBCs there, but uh, but they missed a good show. They, they missed the Kevin Harvey clinic. So, but uh, just real quick, uh, Seth, you mentioned Ryan uh, Newman. And um Grant, I just want to ask you real quick, uh, speaking of Ryan Newman, I did notice um both last week and the week before, uh Ryan Newman is now carrying uh, Cabela's on the car as a sponsor. Is that is that a is that a full uh full season deal for for the thirty one no, car or is that it, just it, is that a partial one? Because that's a that's a pretty big name down around yeah, it, where it, I live anyway, yeah. It's pretty popular. Well
0: cabela's has been purchased I believe by Bass Pro Shops, so it's it's part of their brand. So I'm sure that's and of course RCR has had a long relationship with Bass Pro Shops. You'll probably see Bass Pro on some of our Xfinity cars and maybe on Austin's car throughout the year. So it's a it's it's an associate. It's just one of the sponsor packages that the teams put together that will appear on 31 car from time to time and and as an associate uh, from time to time on the 31 car as it goes and let's hats off to, to ryan newman ryan newman had a really good car in practice and qualifying uh qualified on the outside front row and uh, actually jumped to the lead uh at the green flag and led the first 17 or 18 laps of the race and had a solid top five car until he had a right front tire fail he got up and slapped the fence and had to come to uh, pit road for repairs and lost two laps and ended up finishing, I think, 22nd. But, uh, you know, that, that was a good run for the 31 team. They were really, really happy about how their car showed. Unfortunate that they had some trouble, but the car did show some speed and some promise. So they're, they're another team that's going out west, uh, looking to, uh, to run good at, uh, at these next three races coming up. And I'll remind you that uh, uh, Newman ran very well in the preseason testing out at uh, Las Vegas. So they're very excited at going back.
3: Yeah, it could be. A, it could be a great year for that for your whole team there. I mean, it just really but you know, it started off. It started, started off, off with good. a bang. Yeah, That yeah. <laughs> sure did. So, so we'll, uh, just have to,
0: we'll have to wait and see. Jury's still out. You know, after two races, you know, you, you really can't. You know how this thing's going to pan out, and, and we'll get a better figure, get a bit of better feeling of how things go after these next three races, and we might see some...
1: Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give us World. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. friends begin to develop
3: absolutely but knowing that you've got one guy in the chase has got to be uh you know that's uh, that's one one thing checked off the list
0: that's right well, that's what you know that's what everybody shoots for in the regular season is to uh to get position themselves to be in the chase and uh that's all you can ask for right now because once you get those last 10 races anything can happen
3: Right, and great, great job to all those guys. Now, Seth, let's talk a little bit about the the trucks in Xfinity. Then uh, I mean, we had already mentioned that uh, it, it was again another Kevin Harvick clinic, clinic in the uh, Xfinity race. But uh, I mean, who else did you, who else did you like in the race? Who else looked good? And then, uh, well, let's talk about the trucks a little bit as well.
4: Well, first in the Xfinity series, you had John Hunter Niemczek making his debut. You had Chase Briscoe making his debut. Uh, John Hunter, he ran well. He was extremely loose at the beginning of the race. Uh was sliding all over the track. Uh he unfortunately got into Cole Custer after getting a tap from Elliott Sadler and that sent Custer into the wall. A few years ago if you if anyone remembers, Custer and Niemicek had a rather interesting finish at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park.
3: Was that the that uh,
4: the, the fist fight? Yes. Yes, yes, that was <laughs> <laughs> But this clearly wasn't intentional. Custer thinks that Nemechek was running too hard too early, but that's up for debate. Uh, Briscoe, again, it was his first start in the x series as well. He ran quietly inside the top 15, ended up finishing 16th. Nemechek uh, ended up having a tire go down as a result of the contact with uh, Cole Custer. Fell one lap down, was able to regain that, and finish in fourth. In his debut race, uh, going over to the truck series. Well, before I leave the explain series, uh, Kevin Harvick won in the ninety-eight car his ninety-eighth career NASCAR win.
3: You are you are the numerology expert on our <laughs> panel, Seth. You, you always come up with these just boom. I mean, but uh, that's that's very interesting. I, I think numerology is very interesting too. But yeah, yeah, cool stat.
4: And going to the truck series. It looked like it was going to be the Kyle Busch Motorsports Show for most of the race. Uh, Noah Gregson led the first stage, won it. Kyle Busch dominated the second stage, was dominating the third stage. Final pit stop with about three laps to go. Kyle Busch is having a slow pit stop, and he elected to go not knowing that the left rear tire had had the lug nuts taken off for a four-tire stop. About 100 feet, 200 feet past this uh, pit exit, the tire just rolls off the truck, and he comes to a complete stop, reverses all the way back, restarts dead last. Uh, on the restart, Brett Moffat, who's still using one of the OEM engines, not the NT1 spec engine, gets a better restart than anybody else, gets out to the lead, and wins for Hattori Racing Enterprises, their first win as a team his second win uh, since 2016. Now, mind you, Moffitt has had a couple teams and opportunities fall out from underneath him. He was a development driver for Michael Waltrip Racing. We know what happened there. He moved to Front Row Motorsports uh, when David Reagan was subbing for Kyle Bush. and that fell out from under him when... The sponsors elected to go with Chris Busher in 2016. He went to Red Horse Racing, which that fell out from under him when the sponsors never materialized and the team shut down. And now he's with the Tory Racing Enterprises and is still a championship contender, winning the second race of the year.
3: Awesome. Great, great job to them. So, now, we're off to Vegas now, our trucks and Xfinity's, is it another, is it a three?
4: It is, is a three triple he- header.
3: Another triple-header weekend.
4: And it is the first triple-header weekend for Vegas.
3: Yeah, because Vegas used to have a, they had a standalone truck race.
4: And now they have two triple-headers, the only track on the schedule as of the moment to have two triple-headers.
0: When is their, when is their next triple-header, Seth? Uh, what it is, is it...
4: it I know it's during the playoffs. So,
3: in the fall sometime.
4: Yeah, uh, June 16th, the weekend of June 16th. Or, sorry, September, September.
3: Okay, I was going to say, yeah. I was thinking uh, uh, June, that's, that's so yeah.
4: Yeah, I, I got the numbers backwards.
3: Oh, that's okay. No, I was like, I just <laughs> had to think about it for a second. June, <laughs> June, the, the playoffs start early.
4: So, <laughs> so, that, so. I, I got the numbers backwards. Sorry. that's
3: Sorry. roundabout first Pocono time right so <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, what other what other news coming out of atlanta i mean i want to touch well, a little bit on the the penalties for for truex and furniture row uh and this is again you know the the brand new optical scanning thing um and well, uh, you know the comments is like they just couldn't couldn't get the car quite legal. Um, do you have any insight of as to, I know that it says some suspension and some body panels, but uh, well, uh, how I mean, how far off were they? Is this again like with the LIS, is just we're talking fractions or, or is was they just, you know, It, it was
4: fractions. It was fractions. I, I'm not entirely sure just how far off they were, but they were the only team that was far off enough that they weren't able to qualify. Now, the team will tell you that they didn't have enough time to go through again and attempt to qualify. NASCAR says there was enough time, but if they failed a fourth time, whether it was then or any other point in the weekend, it wouldn't be that they just lost their car chief who was ejected uh, for failing three times. They would have also had a 10-point penalty.
3: Yeah, and you, so, you don't want that any time in the season. I know it's early, but that, that can come to bite you.
4: So they elected not to attempt to qualify and start last, the other part of the penalty was the last half hour of final practice. They were black flagged, had to go to the garage, and they could not work on the car. But it, it didn't turn out too
3: badly for them. He did, Truex walked away with the top five, I believe. I think he finished, yeah, he finished, finished fifth, right, yeah, right? so he
0: did. And I, and, and I tell you that the seventy-eight teams known for. Uh, for being innovative, let's let's put it like that. And and they've run afoul of uh, of the inspection process before. Even last year during their strong run to the championship, uh, they had times where they where they would uh, run afoul of uh, the LIS machine and things like that. So so that's not unusual. Those guys, you know, they they do their job, they do their homework, and they push the envelope like they're paid to do. So yeah, um, not not surprised. They'll. Uh, They'll get their uh, they'll get their their house in order and uh, they'll still be one of the teams to beat uh, as we as we move on forward.
4: And now, going back to the truck series real quick, I said the tire came off of Kyle Bush's truck. There is a rule that if you have a tire that was not installed properly, that the tire changer tire carrier, Crew chief and I believe the tire specialist would be suspended for four weeks. Technically the tire wasn't installed. They were in the process of uninstalling it, but the audible came before the lug nuts could be reattached. That being said, Kyle Bush's crew chief at or Kyle Bush's pit crew at Atlanta for the truck series was not his cup pit crew, as some assumed. It was made up of members of the Stuart Haas Racing pit crew, who were moonlighting in the truck series. So, depending on what NASCAR decides to do, either they'll be penalized and suspended from truck events only, or they could be suspended for up to four weeks for all events, which would affect, instead of just Kyle Busch Motorsports, multiple teams that had nothing to do with it and were not even participating in the race.
2: Conspiracy theories. Here we go. Yeah, I was Come gonna on. say,
4: yeah. If, if that <laughs> if that penalties goes
3: down like that, that'll be the end of moonlighting uh, for for a for a truck team. Uh, for the, for, the for, for these guys, for, yeah. And that's and that's honestly that's that's a chance for the, some of those guys to earn an, earn a little yeah. addition, additional income while they're there for the weekend, and for them to get penalized from their primary job for for what happened with another team I think is just wrong any way you cut it but yeah I'm sure there, there's going to be a lot announced. there's going to be a lot of eyes on uh, on that announcement when it comes yeah,
2: yeah the, I, the interesting thing is who made the call to leave was it the crew chief sometimes it's the spotter you know cuz normally you know you'll hear them the, the, the you know they'll for some reason shout dig I mean I don't know what
4: well what they're no, supposed to do get a shovel they, out no one's admitted who made the call
2: As of yet. Over the radio, they'll be able to. Um, All the the radios recorded, surely.
4: Well, what Uh, I was going to say is
2: there was a... a, It
4: was just a slow pit stop because of the new air guns. They were having uh, trouble on the front tire. Surely not. Which some people think Kyle took it upon himself seeing other trucks coming in his rear view to gun it.
2: Yeah. I mean, if if they can, I'm sure they've got the audio. They must have the audio, and they can sync it with the video. And if it genuinely is him going on his own accord, then he should get the penalty. But of course, they're never going to do that, are they? Um, yeah. But if it is the crew chief shouting or the spotter shouting, I mean, if it's the spotter shouting, then surely a penalty should come his way, not to the other guys that were just trying to do the job. It's certainly not the fault of the tyre the car. I mean, the tyre specialist, I mean, that's a ridiculous penalty on the tire specialist because he has nothing to do with the pit stop. But
4: going back to the penalty itself, the rule is installing the tire. They've never sure, yeah. installed a tire. Therefore, yeah. technically speaking, that rule doesn't apply in this case. No. We'll just have to
3: pay attention to how that yeah. one comes yeah. out. Yeah. Now, speaking of the new air guns, right? Um, Harvick had an air gun failure on a pit stop, did he not?
4: Uh, he, Early the on. The gun was... Uh, reversing back and forth to uh, tighten and loosen on one stop. And on the same stop, when they went to do the left front tire, the air hose exploded.
3: Yeah, so who gets the penalty for that NASCAR for mandating the gun?
4: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> he, uh, he came back in to make sure the tire was tight, and he dropped to like 15th or 16th in the running order. And by the end of the stage, was back in the lead. So yeah,
3: yeah, it didn't hurt him too much. But uh, but if it wasn't Harvey with the dominant car, you know that gun feather could have really uh, ruined somebody's race, particularly if it was quite a bit later in the race. So uh,
0: the seventy eight had some gun troubles. Was 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 another team that had uh, trouble with their guns among among others. And I think that's another thing too. That's the new rule this year, where you know the the guns are. Handed out at random to the teams, they're all the same. Uh, it's one of the things that the owners had asked for because the pit gun development had gotten the cost of it had gotten to be rather high, and that's one of the things that they they wanted to do to to kind of uh, uh, cut some costs. So that that's why that has entered the game, and I think it's going to take a little bit to uh, to obviously work out some of the kinks and the bugs in that system. Just- too, because there was several teams that went away very unhappy about it uh, after Atlanta. Well, that's another thing we're going to have to watch over the next two or three weeks and see how uh, how that program progresses.
4: Yeah, like, now, with,
3: like with anything new, it's got us growing pains. Now, yes, Seth,
4: and, and just one note on that: the guns are all the same, but just like how Goodyear recommends a tire pressured, and the teams don't have to exactly go by that. The manufacturer of the air gun recommends a pressure for the air hoses You don't well, have to go whole, by the pressure, but then again, there is still a maximum pressure that they can't go over period
0: right and then, and from what I gather they they are they are issued the regulator as well, so it's uh you know it it's a whole system and it's like you said it's it's new they've only used it at at Daytona, so this is the second race for it. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Obviously, there's going to be some issues from time to time. The pit stops, along with along with the guns being slower and the uh, and and losing a man, uh, you know, being the over the wall uh, pit crew being cut down to to four people, include with with an additional fifth guy being the fueler, uh, it slowed the pit stops down mightily from uh, from what we've seen in years past. So that's another thing that we're going to see. Uh, kind of develop and, and go on as the year goes goes
3: also all right so now Frank linker you've been kind of quiet over there in in your little corner because the NAS, NASCAR's out of your your realm of expertise so I'm gonna give you the first Can be pick. further. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna give you the first pick for Vegas
5: <clears throat> um uh, Jimmy Johnson.
3: Well, you know what? Jimmy needs some good luck, I tell you. After Daytona and after Atlanta, Jimmy could use a good result. So, uh, that's, I seen
5: him on a commercial last night. Yeah. So.
3: yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, good enough. Um, Seth, 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 Seth <laughs> who do you like for Vegas?
4: For Vegas, I'm going to go with Keselowski. Oh.
3: Okay, so Richard, <laughs> Richard, you had evidently planned to go with Keselowski, so who would you like to take for Vegas? Blaney, Blaney, good call, good call, and Gray.
2: Hmm,
0: I'm tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see. Let's see, let's see who do I want out there. I'm gonna have to go with the Toyota. I'm gonna say Kyle Busch is gonna, uh, gonna prevail at, uh, at Vegas. Hometown boy.
3: Hometown boy, absolutely. And you know what? I'm gonna say that Kevin Harvick wins two in a row. And uh, picks up a win in Vegas. So, uh, with that being said, NASCAR, all three series be in Vegas next week. Now, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Formula One testing in Barcelona. They've got some bitter cold temperatures. they got a little bit of snow. Uh, we're seeing some, we're seeing the first visor cam videos with the halo, um, which is causing quite a stir on social media from fans, but... Play for
0: free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: I've not heard a lot of backlash, um, negative comments from the drivers. Um, so, Richard, uh, you pay close attention to this. Um, let's, let's talk about uh, Barcelona. We're two days in. I know that by the time our show airs on Thursday, we're taping Tuesday this week, that there'll be four days of testing him. But so far, uh, Ferraris, Mercedes, and Red Bulls have all shown some speed. And um, that Williams, their reserve driver was fastest, wasn't he? Or faster <laughs> faster than the, uh, than the guy who took his spot. So I'll let you take it away from there, Richard. Give us a little report on um, the first two days of Barcelona.
2: Yeah, so the first thing that came out... Um, Aside from all the car launches that we've seen over the last 10 days or so, um, Williams posted a, I guess what they call a visor cam video from uh, Robert uh, Kubica doing an installation lap on their filming days. And, uh, you know, the idea was to see what the halo looks like. Now, of course, I think what you have to remember is, as a fan, every looks at the halo and go, oh, it's in the way, how can the driver... These drivers are looking... 500 feet down the track <laughs> because you know the respective sort of um depth of field is such that hardly any driver has even commented on the, the the vision distortion from the the halo which is potentially an advantage for that system over the uh windshield uh windscreen style system that indycar has in place but that's a completely different debate for a completely different different day um some of the interesting things I think coming out of the first two days at Barcelona. Uh Christian Horner's complaining. Um already. No. Yeah, I know, I know. Take a seat to everybody. Um you know, Renault potentially are having strategic engine changes. The rules now now, now that uh, teams can use three engines per season. They're so Renault call
5: it a Rolex engine now?
2: Pretty much. Um <laughs> it's uh you know it'd be interesting to see how many you know they're going to be at least i mean if you've got three engines in season that's what six races at least isn't it maybe seven races two hours per race yeah i mean you're into the into the by the time you're done all the practice and qualifying you're into at least 20 hours of running life per engine so you're getting there towards an endurance engine these days um so Renault are talking about that a little bit. Christian Horner's already bleating um, on that subject, which unfortunately doesn't make news anymore because he does it all the time. Um, which, you know, it does detract a little bit from that Red Bull, which looks like a pretty competent car. It looks a lot more from the video clips they've seen. The, the rear last year was Red Bull's issue, and this, the rear this year looks a lot more planted. The, their traction appears to be better uh, than they've had in the past. The because, overall uh, car looks great, I think. Yeah, I think they do. It was very strange they had the interim launch livery, which was around for a week. They didn't test with it, and then they just launched the same livery with the run for the last four or five years. I, unless somebody in the graphics department at Red Bull you know, wanted a bonus or something, I can't quite see why they did that. Um, Honda have been pretty impressive. Uh, probably picking up from the gains that they made throughout 2017, of course now going over to the Tora team rather than McLaren. I just looked at some numbers here briefly while, uh, before we came on. So in the first four days of testing last year, McLaren with the Honda engine did 208 laps. At an average, their fastest time at the end of each day was an average of three seconds off the pace. In the first two days of testing this year, and bear in mind the weather hasn't been great today, so they probably did a reduced number of laps. Toro Rosso have done 175 laps, so almost as many in two days this year as McLaren done in did in four, and they've only been 1.9 seconds off the pace. So, you know that, and and you would like to think that the aero side of the package from McLaren is going to be closer to the Ferraris and Red Bulls and Mercedes than Toro Rosso would be. So, I think that Honda engine has probably picked up a good two seconds uh, over the, in the off, you know in the course of the year compared to everybody else. So they've got to take a lot of credit for that, a lot lot of credit for that. Um, It's an interesting talk today came from Renault that they're going to be pushing Red Bull for an early decision on where they will be with uh, engine supply for next year. There's a sort of written May deadline for when engine manufacturers have to submit their allocation for the following year to the FIA. Uh, so, So Renault said they're going to push Red Bull for an early decision. Now... The, the thought is that if Toro Rosso have, get, get on well with the Honda and it's a reliable, competitive engine, then Red Bull will move away from Renault and and go to Honda. Now, hmm. it'll. It's interesting, you know, from a McLaren standpoint. Obviously, they they've sort of bore the brunt of the teething problems over the last three years with Honda. But did they sacrifice potentially a competitive engine for? To keep Alonso, who, in all fairness, is coming towards the end of his career, um, just to get a Renault engine in there, which maybe is better than the Honda engine at the moment, but come the end of the season, come next season, will it be a better engine package? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, I uh, mean, if
3: it if it blew up in their face like that, it would parallel Alonso's career. To, of course, you it know would. what I mean? He's wrong, yeah. wrong, wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong place, wrong times. You know, ever yep. you know since you know, 2005. So.
2: But I think it has, I think one thing that has come out of the the first two days, uh, reliability in general is massive. I mean, for the last three or four years, you've seen Mercedes go out and do 100 laps, 120, even 130 laps a day, just lap after lap after lap with hardly any issues. Um, you know, a lot of the teams are in that position now, which shows, you know, how far this sort of, the engine package has matured now, uh, and teams are getting... Getting on board with that. The teams that have had a couple of little issues. McLaren had an issue with the wheel coming off yesterday. Not a huge issue. Probably a, just a failure of a, a nut there. That's something you want to happen in pre-season so you can reinforce that. Uh, they also had an issue with the uh, exhaust system with the Renault engine, but again, that's nothing major compared to what some of the teams are seeing in previous years. But it does set up this year. I think you know, obviously the Ferrari, Mercedes are going to be up there, but then you're going to have this fantastic battle of the Renault engine uh, cars, you know, the Red Bull, McLaren and Renault. And it's going to be a fascinating uh, battle. McLaren won't have anywhere to hide this year. They've got to you know, be up there. They've got to compete with Red Bull. You know, they, They've said for the last two or three years that they've got the best aero package in the grid. A lot of people from Red Bull would argue that they've got the best aero package on the grid. So the fact that you're going to see McLaren going toe-to-toe with Red Bull with a Same engine is going to be fantastic, and also you'll get the chance to see how far Renault have developed with with their package. Obviously, they've been in a couple of years now back as a manufacturer team owner, and they've put a lot of money back into that team. And it'll you know now is about when it's going to start maturing, and they're going to start. They should be seeing results. So you could see five or six cars right up there, um, really, really pushing. Uh, pushing each other, so it could be a great season.
3: Could be, but let's but let's ask the important question on the table, right? Uh, I know after day two, Vettel was fastest, right? Um, Valtry was second. Um, is this the year that Ferrari topples Mercedes' domination and, and gets another title? It's been, been a while since Ferrari's had a title.
2: Um, P. That's a good question, isn't it? It's too. Early. It is too early to say. I mean, if you look at it, last year. Mercedes didn't lead any of the first two days or three days last year and then they went on to dominate pretty much. Yes,
4: absolutely so, yeah.
2: Uh, it's it's very, very difficult to say. I mean everybody's doing their own programme. I mean, um Sergei Sorokin was twenty five seconds off the pace yesterday. Um, he was just doing aero runs all day at 150 kilometers an hour. So, you know, it's difficult to really really put a you know, put put a value on, on, on any of these times. All you picking out of this really is reliability um, and and you know ballpark figures of where where teams are. You know, yeah, the house, the Saubers are a little bit further back than you'd thought than well the, the way you'd expect. Toro Rosso looks to be doing Riso with the Honda engine. Um, McLaren's a little bit higher up now. They've got the Renault engine in the back there. So it's all looking, um, you know, no, nothing earth shattering has come out. No crazy car designs, nothing like that.
5: Well, Sauber.
2: Sauber have really pushed their car design, but I think it, it was... Sometimes you've got to... There's one way of looking at it, talking to a few aerodynamicists, that if a car is slick and simple, the chances are it's fast, because their aerodynamics are efficient. If you've got lots of widgets and gadgets and gizmos coming off every possible appendage, it probably means that the aerodynamics are not particularly efficient. And Spoke,
5: Spoken by a true Williams F1... X. Oh, yeah,
2: but uh, yeah, aerodynamics it's is never that well. Any more
5: or less? less, uh, yeah. I mean...
2: It... <laughs> I mean all they had, in, in all fairness, in the years I was there, the only reason we were successful was because it had a Mercedes engine in the back of it. It certainly wasn't the oh, aerodynamics at oh, was the touch- to point. But, um, you know, it, it is, you know, th- yeah, the, the Sauber is a, probably the biggest change from last year, but it's um, a little bit... Uh, you know, I, I think they've like thrown you know more downforce generators on the car rather than making it aerodynamically efficient. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see. I can't see them leaping, you know, massively. They may you know push Haas a little bit more, they may push Torosso. All of those sort of teams are gonna be fighting in that package. It's gonna be a fascinating season, it really is because it's gonna be so tight I think. Um and uh yep. Yep. I do I do have a nagging fear, in a way, for Williams. They've been seeing a lot of good things, but without an experienced driver in there, you wonder where they're going to be going. Uh, and the car looks good. The car looks efficient. They've t- I think they've gone a little bit down the road of, oh, well, this bit looks really good on a Ferrari, and this bit looks really good on a Mercedes, and let's plug them all together. And Sometimes that can work, sometimes it doesn't uh so we'll we'll see where that goes and the other sort of announcement that came out i think it was today or could have been yesterday is that uh, the martini and bacardi branding are, are leaving williams at the end of the year which which is a shame in a way because it is the most to my mind anyway the most sort of sophisticated looking car in their livery it's very elegant it's very sleek um yeah, never, yeah, never really yeah, Mart- Mart- Mart-
3: Martini stripes on a white race car, I mean, date back yeah. to, you know, the old, old is. Porsches at Le Mans, is, it's absolutely yeah. beautiful, yeah. I I was so glad when, when Martini came back in the sport, and now, now I'm bummed to see them go again. It's well, an iconic look.
2: Of course it it is, really is, Yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, that was there when, when they came in, and in a way, it's been a little bit of an unfilled promise, I mean, and again, marketing people you know apologize to any marketing people out there but they do tend to oversell and under deliver and they were very much oh you know you, you know every airport you go in when you go through duty free you're gonna see uh you know martini branding and you know the williams cars on display in all major airports and all this sort of stuff and it's just never really got there and yeah, it's a real shame, because I think from a visual perspective, it looks such an elegant and sleek car, and uh, it'll be a real shame that, uh, and hopefully, you know, they can keep up that branding with another supplier. You know, they've had that sort of whole, I often think of it as like, you know, that sort of British sort of sophistication, if I do say so myself. Um <laughs> <laughs> Look,
5: <laughs> that? That's not biased at all. No, but
2: you know the like the um you know you've all seen the the, the um you know the, the commercials that they've done where you know all the pit guys were in the suits and the I think it's Hackett sort of men's outfitters and all this sort of stuff and the martinis and you know a very um sort of elegant appearance um and kind you hope like a, a little, little
3: James, James Bond
2: yeah oh, yeah. Also, you know, what channel
5: is create... this commercial on?
2: <laughs> Maybe it was only in the UK. Maybe it was only in the UK. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, you hope that they don't end up going down like the um, uh, you know Force India route and end up looking like a kid's coloring book. Or
0: the John, or the John player, or the John player special. Cars that like.
2: Yeah, something like yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want to you want those iconic looking cars in yeah in Formula One, and you know sponsorship can be good. I mean, I think the Ferrari this year looks like they're missing a sponsor. I know they've lost the um, Santander branding for the first time in a long time. But you look at that Ferrari, and you're like oh, somebody's forgot to put the sponsor logos on. And the same with the McLarens. Uh, now I know McLaren keeps saying, "Oh, we've got a big sponsor coming," we've got a big sponsor coming, but until somebody actually sees that sponsor, I don't know where they are. But it's- you know, you, you really hope that these teams can keep that sort of elegant look. As I say, unfortunately, I think the Force India looks horrific. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. Well, you know you know,
3: you know, what the next Williams is going to look like, right? It's going to say Lance's daddy's money on the side of the car.
2: Exactly, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Russian flag on the side. Same Papa Stroll <laughs>
3: Papa Stroll,
2: so, oh, right,
5: so Best, let's. Uh, yeah,
0: Formula. Well, I'm noticing it. Maybe Formula One needs to do a, a retro weekend like, uh, like NASCAR does at Darlington and bring back. Oh, it'd
2: little be little. great. When the, oh well, my God!
3: Can you imagine having the you know the blue the blue Elf car and, and yeah. uh, you know, the John Player special, the Marlboro McLaren? Yeah, World, I would uh, love to see uh,
2: that. Uh, Williams yeah. from mid '90s, the, the uh, Camel. The, and yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, or, 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 or you well, even go they? back to the Saudi Airlines, Williams. I well, love that, the, gray, the green and blue, yeah. And the Brabham's.
5: Like a
2: throwback. You
3: know? Yeah, the well, Brabham's.
2: When, uh, when I was, actually, before they got Martini as a sponsor, uh, I did see, probably wasn't meant to see this, but there was a complete car mocked up with Qatari Airlines at Williams. They were looking to get them in as a major title sponsor, and it was that sort of purple... Finish to the car. The Martini one looked far better, Um, but yeah. So there's certainly brands out there they can pick up. Yeah, yeah.
5: But if if there was a team in F1 that had some sponsorship issues and could get a sponsorship, it'd be Williams. I'm sorry, they they just do great in sponsor. You know, just finding sponsors when they need it.
2: I think they do great in finding sponsors. I don't think they do great in finding sponsors with lots of money. I think well, they just get
5: a whole (laughs) lot of them. You know, I mean, yeah. what did he, I mean, you know, it is what it is, I guess.
2: Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right.
3: I, Laker, I want to leave you ample time to talk about the MRTI. So, uh, Formula One, hey. Australian Grand Prix, March 25th. So, that's a few weeks out. Uh, we're looking forward to the uh, start of a new Formula One season. So, uh, with no further ado, Frank
5: Laker. I thought you were
2: going to ask us to make picks then. <laughs>
5: that's I, a bit quick.
3: No, 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 no. I just. <laughs> I'm just. You know, what case. like a
5: winner, real quick? We can do that, I yeah. guess. It's fine. Oh,
3: yeah. Mercedes, Mercedes, Mercedes. I don't know. Um, well, but
5: uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to say Verstappen. I'm, th- I'm going to say Verstappen's going to be the wild card. Yeah, okay. year Okay. Well,
3: come back on the show in two weeks to make your pick for that. Okay. So, <laughs> there you go. Well, no, no <laughs> there, I'm there, saying for the, year, for the year. For the year. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to hold you to that. You buy me. Okay. You buy me a beer. Uh, buy me a beer at the season end banquet. So, uh, but anyway, so
5: O-duels? you got it.
3: O'Doole's, yes, sir. We. we- <laughs> Anyway, Frank, thanks for coming on the show. I know you. Um, uh, for our listeners who don't, uh, who haven't caught you on our show before, don't listen to you regularly. Uh, you can you can hear Frank and his uh, his wife Missy on their show, the uh, Indie Sports Car Podcast. And um, Frank, you're always in the um, the MRTI pits at the racetrack there, and I know you even. I had one of our fellow journalist friends call you out and say you're always in the in the kitty pool or the kitty pits, but uh but man, uh, you we know, play in the kitty
5: paddock. The kiddie paddock, he the said. Kiddie paddock was, that's what up. that's what he it's said. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's yep.
3: the quote, yeah. So but uh I mean that kitty pad, kitty paddock is the next generation of open wheel stars there and and if you look at the nine rookies that are going to be in the IndyCar series this year, um, who are going to be starting more than one race, we've got nine rookies, uh, and the bulk of them came out of the Monster Road, Monster Road to Indy program. Uh, so
5: let's Ed talk. Ed Jones, say no more, right?
3: Ed Jones, say no more, in the can car this year. Yeah, so so talk to us a little bit about the um, the Monster Road to Indy um just briefly some of our some of our listeners know a bit some don't and then let's talk about these uh, testing down here and i know you've had a chance to chit chat with some of the drivers and you've got uh an announcement that just happened
5: all right well uh we'll start off with the announcement because we've been hearing them since uh i i think the first one was mid-ohio last year santee uratia was uh, Hinting that he was going to have an IndyCar ride, uh, he's racing Bellardi Racing in Indy Lights this year full time. So that's the uh, that's the breaking news of today. So there you go, everybody. Santi will not be in IndyCar, unfortunately. Not that nobody has seen that coming. But anyway, moving on. <clears throat> Um, yeah, starting in USF 2000 now, I mean, uh, MRTI, it's just li- like, like, like you said, Frank, and I couldn't say it any better. It's, it's the stars of the future, uh, great personalities and, uh, very accessible. Always, uh, you know, if you go to a race and MRTI is racing there, go there all, all you know, All two, three days of the racing, and, you know, uh, you'll have a great time, and they're very accessible, just like the IndyCar guys are, but they're a little more accessible than IndyCar guys, but great personalities, you know, and some great racing. Um, I think we voted last year the best race of 2017 season, Pro Mazda race number two, (laughs) Road America, believe that, so there you go. It was uh, Anthony Martin and Franzoni, which Franzoni won Pro Championship last year. So he got the scholarship, stayed with Union Coast Racing, and uh, is racing in Indy Lights this year. So, uh, but uh, starting in the USF 2000 series, uh, just going by the past test here at Homestead, uh, Caitlin Frederick, the young, young Caitlin Frederick, uh, top of the charts at the end of, uh, practice. I mean, uh, just, you know, really, really happy for him. Um, followed by, uh, Rasmus, I don't know how to say that last name, Lindh, <laughs> L-I-N-D-H, still gotta get used to these guys. Uh, Lucas Cole, uh, he's a, he's not a rookie, he's coming back. Uh, Kyle Doppel and Kyle Kirkwood. Kyle Kirkwood is a driver to look out for in the upcoming USF 2000 Pro Mazda. I mean, he'll be an Indy car within about four to five years, no doubt about it. Uh, Looking down the list, Calvin Ming stands out to me uh, at eighth right there. Um, You know, looking down, looking down, uh, you know, Darren Keene. We just had him on the show. Really good, uh, really good guy. Um, and really uh, the entire field within two seconds of each other all the way down to 20th. So that's how close these guys are in USF 2000. So St. Pete, <laughs> when that green flag uh, waves and they come into that first hairpin turn uh, into one and then into two, I mean, that's going to be some amazing, fun, exciting racing and, uh, and, and good on uh, MRTI for uh, live streaming it wherever you can... Watch live stream you know, youtube facebook whatever you want to do so um that's u s f two thousand um uh, anybody have any questions on that frank or because uh, I, I know you you know a little bit about MRTI there
3: yeah yeah I'm just like interested in the test times what i mean and the the u s f two thousand you're talking it's a it's a, it's a pretty solid, durable car. There's not a lot of aerodynamics on there. You, there's a lot of, it's, it's like watching, it's just a few steps up from a Formula V or a Formula Ford. You know, these guys don't have a lot of aerodynamics. There's a lot of side-by-side, you know, slip slipstream and drafting. It's just really fun to watch.
5: Oh yeah, it's the uh, it, it's the tightest chassis, and and the good great thing about USF two thousand is they call it the USF seventeen chassis. Uh, there, uh, basically, if you make it to Pro Mazda, you take your chassis with you, and you just replace the parts. <laughs> you know, put put a new engine in it or tweak it anyway you want. Put a new, another hundred horsepower in it, and uh, you're racing Pro Mazda, which uh, great uh, great move by Anderson Promotions, if I do say so myself uh, really entices drivers to come over and race here, you know? So, uh, but yeah, uh, 23 drivers in total. I have a feeling by St. Pete, there will be more. And, uh, plus we'll have the national class up in there as well. So, uh, uh, before I move on to pro Mazda, anybody want to say anything more about us of 2000?
3: No, sir. I'm good. Just continue on. Yeah.
5: Okay. Pro Mazda, the creme de la creme, as far as I'm concerned, the, uh, uh, it's, you know, it's right now it's 15 drivers um, that are listed. The talent pool is deep. The deepest uh, Pro Mazda lineup I have ever seen personally uh, since I've been following for the last six seven years. Uh, I mean, Carlos Kuna uh, just had the speed, the entire, uh, you know, testing at Homestead. And I'm not surprised. Stingray Rob, I am surprised. Uh, this is his second year uh but it's a new car uh the pm18 and is it not a beautiful car fellas come on it is
3: oh right? yeah actually i i sat uh when they when they uh unveiled the car at indy i was sitting with uh, Christian Hardy and we were sitting with um uh a guy from mazda uh jay jay um got it guy that wrote the book beast you know Jay Jay uh, Gurs, Jay Gurs. I, I was sitting between Chris De Hardy and Jay Gers when they unveiled that card. We were both like, "Wow, wow, this is that's a beautiful race car." Yeah.
5: You mean De Hardy only said "Wow"?
3: No, I said "Wow."
5: Oh, okay. De, De, De Hardy
3: was probably playing with his phone.
5: Yeah, I, I was talking yeah. to
3: Jade. I don't know. I don't know. We've had Jade Jade on our show. Um, he's uh, he, he wrote the book Beast, which is about the um, the Mercedes uh, engine. The, you know the pushrod mercedes engine ilmore that uh Penske brought and dominated indy with he also he also wrote a book about uh, dale earnhardt jr and he's been he worked with mazda for the last couple seasons and now he's off doing some uh, other projects of his own so good dude though good dude jade yeah you know jade right
5: uh i have met him before yes yep yep anyway continue uh, right, continue. Sure.
3: continue we've got about five minutes left in the show so
5: Okay, great, great. Um, I just want to mention, uh, you know, as far as talent, we got Robert McGinnis is, is up in the promoza, happy for him. Parker Thompson, huge, huge, huge uh, just win for Parker. I'm glad he's there, and he's really showing some speed as well with, uh, you know, a uh, the sophomore t- team of exclusive auto sport out of Canada. Uh, David Malukas is up there, which he, he deserves it. I mean, Oliver Eskew, uh, just the phenom that came out of nowhere last year. Um, you know, Nikila stock in his back. Renus VK is up from USF 2000. So a lot of talented drivers from USF 2000 last year, you know, came up in the Pro Mazda this year. So Pro Mazda is going to be the, I think just the creme de la creme of talent and, and great racing throughout the entire season. I really can't wait. So, uh, moving on to Indy lights. Um, not as big as a field as Mazda, almost half, I would say. Um, only seven uh, drivers participated in the uh, last practice at Homestead. Uh, Santi Urtia uh, finished out the um, the checkered, but uh, check out a great article by Joey Barnes, Motorsport Tribune, um, talking about how Santi Urtia got there. It's very interesting. Um, Ryan Norman was right behind him. Uh, Pato Award, uh, big friend of the show. He actually does our intro. A little intro to our show, so definitely check it out. You'll laugh (laughs) we were. Uh, Aaron Tealitz, friend of the show uh, many times, uh, was right behind him. Uh, It's always scary. Uh, (laughs) That's an inside joke. Uh, uh, Victor Franzoni, winner of uh, Promaza, the championship last year with uh, uh, Yunkos, Stable Yunkos, uh, Dalton Collette, and Colton Herta So, and they were all separated by less than a second, so that is really uh, amazing, to be honest with you. I mean, quality over quantity, I suppose, in the lights, huh?
3: Yeah, I think Colton Hurd has got a bright future, you know, since you mentioned him there. That's the guy, he he drives for um, Steinbrenner, right?
5: Yes, he does. Yes, yes,
3: Mm -hmm. yes. Steinbrenner, who's, what, uh, he's the grandson of the guy that owns the Yankees or, or son or...
5: Uh, some, somebody named George, Steinbrenner. George Steinbrenner IV, he's,
3: yep. he's, he's related to the same Steinbrenner family that owns the New York Yankees, yeah, but he, uh, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. Colton Herta is, of course, the son of, uh, Brian Herta, um, who's, uh, yep. uh, you know, IndyCar owner along with Michael Andretti, at, uh, they'll be running Marco this year, um, together, yep. so, yeah, but Colton, he's been pretty impressive, and I'm, you know, I, I see him and IndyCar in another four or five years, too, so.
5: But uh, but for me I would say two years uh who, probably, think probably two, two years, years yeah
3: yeah I, mm-hmm. hard to say i mean i i'm old time flies for me so <laughs> two, two, two years four years what's the difference so you know the other thing about indie lights that i always find disappointing is that how the yeah you know, we've got a really large fields for for us you know after two thousand. And uh the Pro Mazda, but the, the Indy Lights have had a tough time trying to get a get a large field for Indy Lights. I remember a couple of years ago the um, the Freedom One Hundred was contested with like what six cars? Um and it's it's a great series, but I think there's such a cost jump from
5: it really is
3: from the you know, from Pro Mazda to Indy Lights and it would be great to see more team owners to get in there, especially when you look at the um success that uh guys like ricardo yunclos has had where he's now put a team in indycar uh so but uh you know it's a work in progress i think you know pound for pound um the talent of the driver that enters the indycar series coming through that ladder series it really prepares them for what uh for what indycar is like you agree
5: I definitely I mean uh Mateus Lace, look at him. I mean rookie yeah. last year, Indy Lights and uh Foyt this year, so Foyt there this you go. Year, yep. Right. Yep, and we've
3: got uh yeah, nine I mean Joseph Newgarden is the product of the um the Maserode Indy uh Indeed. champion. Yep, yep. So but uh Hinchcliffe. we uh, Yep. Hinchcliffe, of course, yeah, yeah, run hunter. Ray. <laughs>
5: No. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, the list goes on and on. I yeah. mean it's it's more it's more than half the field by now, <laughs> and uh, the one uh, one name I did not mention he did not practice is Shelby Blackstock, but he will be back. He will be in Indy Lights this year. And, okay, good, uh, good. I like Shelby. Really, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: No, that's it. I just I like Shelby Blackstock because <laughs> funny story because you know Shelby Blackstock's mother is Reba McIntyre, and, and no. Oh. No, I know my my no, no, my, my, I'm kidding. my <laughs> wife was my wife was blown away by that fact when we were at the Indy Lights race and Reba comes out to sing the national anthem. She's like, "Oh my gosh, Reba McIntyre, I love her." I'm like, "Yeah, her kids in this race." Really? You know what I mean? Just just the little things that 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 we might take for granted that that, that other people know my wife was just blown away Reba McIntyre was singing the national anthem at the Indy Lights race. But uh but there she was and um Shelby had a pretty good run that day too. So, but we are
5: of, we
3: are out of time. But I'm going to give a uh, give enough time to go around the table real quick. Give everybody one quick final thought for the evening, and I'll start with you, Gray.
4: Looking forward
0: to going out west for the next three weeks. Uh, should should get a you know a, a preview of what we're going to see throughout the first half of the season on these
3: uh, on these mile and a all right, Seth, you get got a really quick thought.
4: Uh, I just saw this piece of breaking news. Uh, Chip Ganassi Racing's president, Steve Laletta is going to step down. Mm. Mm, okay, that, that's a developing story.
3: So, Richard, um, it bums me out we didn't talk about Formula One's new streaming service, so you got uh, three seconds to just mention it.
2: Uh, I hope they don't try and turn it into an NFL coverage.
3: All right, excellent. <laughs> Frank Frank, Link, you got uh, one final thought for the night before we go off the air?
5: Uh, Anthony Martin, getting to indie Lights, and I want to officially say that Christian Alessio, I know I said his last name wrong, but he is our th- official third mic uh, of our show now. We're very happy to announce that and find his book, um, uh, The Outside Groove, uh, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble's.
3: All right, and we and we get find the indie sports car podcast. You guys have have a uh, you're on Bean Pod, right? And
5: Podbean.
3: Podbean. I'm sorry, my bad. Podbean. That's okay. And you guys have a Facebook page as well, so uh, check them out. You guys are on Twitter as well. You're right. Um, again, uh, my name is Frank Sanerowski. Yeah, I mean
5: iTunes, uh, Stitcher, wherever. Wherever, I'm sorry, right? <laughs>
3: I was trying to sign off. Anyway, my name is Frank Sandorowski. This is Drafting the Circus on the Hoobazoo Radio Network. I want to thank you guys on the panel. I want to thank you folks that listen in. Uh, been a great show tonight. We'll talk to you all in a week. Good night. W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O.
1: website. hoobazoo.com.
5: website.